If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Just before we get started with the podcast, I just wanted to let you know about our free Early Excellence Room Planning Service. If refurbishing your classroom is a high priority for you this year, then really our service is just for you. And we can come to your school or we can work uh, remotely with you. And we will create a, a design for your classroom space. So thinking carefully about the positioning of the furniture and making sure that each of those areas earns its place within the room. We'll work with you and your team to support and discuss with you the key thinking around creating a really inspiring learning environment and we'll help you get the most out of your indoor or your outdoor spaces. Um, if you want to know more about the service, um, do get in touch with us. Uh, so my email address is just andy at earlyexcellence.com. You can get in touch with me or there's lots of information about it on the Early Excellence website. Hello everybody, Andy here. Um, Happy New Year to you. I hope that you had a lovely Christmas and managed to enjoy a well-earned rest. Um, For those of you who are new to the podcast at the start of this term, welcome along to our Early Excellence podcast. It's a free weekly podcast for EYFS and Key Stage 1 teachers and practitioners, where what we do is we aim to support and inspire and challenge your practice. As we move into January, and of course the colder weather is definitely here and here to stay, one of the things you might want to do is to think carefully about your outdoor learning opportunities at this time of year. If so, um, well worth going back to one of our previous podcasts. We recorded it just before Christmas, a podcast called Storming It Outdoors, all about exploring those, the learning possibilities in cold and wet and windy weather. Um, so definitely well worth going back to that if you're looking for a bit of inspiration. Okay, right, on to this week then. On to this week. This week, we, what we're going to explore are the characteristics of effective learning. Why? Well, because they're such a crucial part of working with young children. It's crucial that we consider not just what children are learning, but of course, how they are developing as learners through that learning process. So in our recorded piece this week, we're going to consider the key implications for practice. I'll be back right at the end in order to really think carefully with you about some key questions for you to consider about your practice. Whenever a new EYFS framework is introduced by the Department for Education, there are some elements that become headline grabbing. In terms of this particular new framework, the most recent new framework, language, interaction, the curriculum, pedagogy, self-regulation are all all elements that very much um, grabbed our attention. But alongside that, there are often other things that I think if we're not careful, can very easily be missed or are not necessarily given quite enough attention. In this new framework, the characteristics of effective learning remain a part of our practice. They remain a vital element of our practice, but one that can, if we're not careful, be very easily overlooked. 
they're still there. They're very much a part of the framework, which is definitely good news. The characteristics of effective learning have been a central part of the EYFS since 2012. And at a time when teachers and practitioners often feel under pressure to focus on what learning is taking place, the characteristics of effective learning provide a useful structure to use when reflecting on not just what is being learned, but on the quality of that process. So now is the perfect time to reflect on those characteristics of effective learning and how they're used as part of our practice. Do you, do you, we use, do you use the characteristics of, of learning effectively? Is the process of learning reflected on really as much as it could be? So we're going to think about some key headings here. First of all, we're going to think about observing the characteristics of effective learning. I often ask teachers and practitioners how they use the characteristics as part of their practice. The most common answer tends to be that schools and settings use the characteristics as part of the observational assessment process. Schools and settings will often have observational assessment proformers, where staff will tick off the characteristics as shown by children when accessing their provision. Including the characteristics of effective learning in observations of our children is vital. Even more importantly though, we need to be using this information to make decisions about what each child needs. The characteristics of effective learning need to be just as much a part of our planning process as what we are expecting children to learn. So let's think about this then. What do our observations tell us? A focus on the individual child's characteristics, however, can sometimes lead to blind spots in our practice. It's important to ask whether our observations tell us about the children or about the environment there that they are accessing. If we don't reflect in this way, then there could be a danger that limitations within our areas of provision could be creating a false ceiling for some children. Using the characteristics of effective learning as an audit tool of our practice is a great way to structure our action planning and also create a clear vision for development. One of the things that you might want to have a go at doing is a simple activity. A simple activity that's designed to support you in really thinking carefully about not just using the characteristics to reflect on the individual children in your class, but on using the characteristics as an audit tool of that overall practice and your overall environment. So as an activity, draw a simple plan of your classroom. Discuss with your EYFS team which areas of your room are hot spots for the characteristics of effective learning and which spaces might be defined as cold spots. So in which areas do you tend to see lots of effective learning taking place? And what do we mean by this? Well, where do you see high levels of engagement? Where do you see problem solving? Where do you see collaboration? Where do you see children playing with what they know? Where do you see a high degree of curiosity? So all of those skills, those characteristics that underpin that learning process. It might be, for example, as you go through this activity, it might be, for example, that the workshop area has a high number of possibilities. And that might include different sized boxes, containers, different lids, different pieces of material, fastenings and so on. 
and that as a team you all agree that children show high levels of engagement, problem solving and exploration. The characteristics of, a, of effective learning alongside this could also be used to identify where such opportunities might be missing. So we could say that actually the workshop area is, is an area that we're confident with, but there might be other areas where actually we're not seeing that high level of engagement, we're not seeing that quality of learning. So for example, do you feel confident that effective learning is happening within other areas? Can you observe high levels of involvement in all of the different spaces within your room? Are children making connections between experiences? Are staff valuing resilience and a high degree of exploration? If not, why not? Are there a high number of possibilities? So if, if, if there is an area where you're not seeing those high number of possibilities, where you're not seeing um, high levels of engagement, resilience, exploration, curiosity, if you're not seeing that, then I think it's important to ask the question, why are we not seeing it? Are there a high number of possibilities? The areas where we tend to see high degrees of those characteristics of effective learning tend to be the areas where there are lots of possibilities, where the resources really lend themselves to, to that exploration. Also, when you think about those areas of provision where you're not seeing those high degrees of characteristics of effective learning, do children know what can be done with the resources? Are there lots of resources also, or lots of learning possibilities? The two are not necessarily the same thing. The two don't necessarily work together. Sometimes when we have lots of resources, too many resources, actually that can get in the way of quality learning. So we've got to be really careful there, I think. So we're aiming for lots of possibilities, not necessarily lots and lots of resources. All of the discussions that flow from reflecting on our environment in this way are also a great way to support staff development within your team. So it's a great way, I think, of supporting staff to really reflect on what's working, what's not working, and it leads to effective action planning as well, where we can pinpoint what isn't quite working and how we're going to build up the quality of that area of provision. Okay, let's move on to exploring the importance of the characteristics of effective learning. When Ofsted talk about the importance of having a clear understanding of your intent, its implementation and the impact of what you do. The characteristics of effective learning provide a framework that can be used to structure your reflections. Our intent should always be effective learning and using the characteristics of effective learning as an audit tool will enable us to reflect on how well this is being implemented. If we follow this through, then the characteristics can be used by the school or the setting to monitor the overall effectiveness of the teaching and learning in the EYFS. By using the characteristics of effective learning, head teachers, senior leadership teams and others can observe and monitor a breadth of the practice, not just the directed teaching elements. And I think that's important. That of course, teaching and learning does not just happen at the carpet, it doesn't just happen at the group table, but actually by using the characteristics, we can give our senior leadership teams a framework that they can use to really 
consider the effectiveness of the practice overall. It leads to more, I think, more detailed conversations about the quality of learning. And what about the impact? Well, we frequently discuss how much or how little progress children make, and rightly so. We talk a lot about progress. But tracking progress is only one part of the assessment process. If we focus too much on the progress that children have made and not enough on the effectiveness of that learning process, then how do we really know how much impact we've had? If children have made progress but are not learning effectively, or not learning perhaps as well as they could be, then more progress could have been made. Conversely, the work we do to support the characteristics of effective learning can be used to demonstrate impact for children who perhaps are making slower progress than we had hoped, but that actually you can show the impact that you're having on developing those learning skills. Finally, let's think about transition. It's important to remember that the characteristics of effective learning are not restricted to any age or stage within, within the EYFS and similarly can be used to reflect on the learning process for older children too. Some primary schools have successfully used the characteristics of effective learning as a framework to reflect on effective teaching and learning across the different age ranges. With this in mind, the characteristics can also be used as a great tool as part of the transition process between EYFS and Key Stage 1. It's easy to focus on the differences between the two key stages. But what doesn't change, however, is what effective learning looks like. Whilst the teaching content might well change, and of course it should, that content might change. At the same time, the effectiveness of the learning process is still paramount and the characteristics of effective learning can provide us with a very useful common language. Okay, so I hope you found that useful. Um, it certainly, I think, raises lots of questions. Um, and I've got a few questions for you to think carefully about. So in terms of the characteristics then, how do you currently use the characteristics of effective learning? Do you consider them as part of your observation processes? So is it something that you think carefully about as part of observing children? Or do you feel that you perhaps focus more on what is being learned rather than the how they're going about learning and how they're developing as a learner. What else? Well, do you use the, the characteristics to reflect on the effectiveness of your learning environment in the way that I've suggested? So, have you had a go at that activity? If not, it's certainly, I think, one that will raise lots of questions and also lead to lots of interesting discussions across your team. And what else? Well, does your senior leadership team use the characteristics as part of lesson observations? Is that a conversation you perhaps could have with your senior leadership team? That is a way of thinking carefully about the effectiveness of the practice within your EYFS. Actually, the characteristics are a really useful tool to use. Alongside this, what about pupil progress? In pupil progress meetings, are the characteristics of effective learning used as a way of evaluating progress, of thinking carefully about the effectiveness of the progress that's been made? 
Could children have, been, have made perhaps more progress had we thought more carefully about the characteristics of effective learning? And finally, one key question here. Are the characteristics of effective learning used to reflect on the transition process, the process of transition into key stage one and perhaps beyond? Okay, so lots to think about there. Let us know how you get on with this. It would be really interesting to hear from you. It certainly does raise lots of questions, I think, around practice and you can use the characteristics as we've explored today. You can use the characteristics in all sorts of different ways, not just in observing young children. Okay, so let us know how you get on. Um, drop me an email. My email address is just andy at earlyexcellence.com and you can also get in touch via all of the different social media platforms at Early Excellence or all of the different platforms. And I'm on Twitter as well, so you can get me on there um, at Andy Burt, E-E-X. Uh, yeah, just drop us a line. It'd be good to hear from you. Okay, right. See you next week. Have a good week, everybody.